in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. News out of Oakland, by the way. Oakland officials are finally going to release an envi- the final environmental impact report for the Oakland A's proposed new ballpark. Uh, this is okay. a fairly important step. It's a required step for the A's to actually move forward in their uh, process of getting a new ballpark in Oakland. There's going to be a city council vote uh, in January on this fi- uh, environmental impact report, basically to say, yep, we're okay with the environmental impact of this ballpark once that's done they can move on to actually getting the financing done for this ballpark in oakland i say that as though it's a done deal they're like trying to get another half a billion dollars so it's certainly still complicated but this is probably more important than any news you'll read about the a's wanting to come to las vegas uh, because the A's don't actually want to come to Las Vegas. They want more money out of Oakland, and they're using Las Vegas as a way to do that uh, by never giving us any details and just sort of showing up here from time to time, being like, oh, this Golden Knights game is fun. Uh, but Oakland is cl- they're another step along the way to keeping the A's, which is more than likely what's going to happen here. But we're still going to have reports of the A's wanting to come to Vegas until it's actually a done deal because the A's want to get every last dollar they can out of Oakland, which it looks like they're going to get. They might end up getting close to a billion dollars to help build this stadium in Oakland. Uh, But yeah, so the environmental impact report in Oakland is expected to be approved next month. Great question. Lamar Jackson did not practice on Thursday. They play, the Ravens play the Packers on Sunday. Lamar Jackson got hurt uh, against the Browns this past weekend. Tyler Huntley came in and played as his backup. I find it hard to believe Lamar Jackson is going to play. I guess if he practices today, then he's got a good shot to play on Sunday. But like, if he doesn't practice today, I think at that point, you're holding Lamar Jackson out and letting Tyler Huntley play because you're, you're putting in a very hobbled Lamar Jackson and maybe more than any other quarterback. He's the one you least want to be hobbled when he's out there playing quarterback. So Lamar Jackson potentially not playing in what I guess it could still be a big game, but what otherwise would have been a really big game because you're talking about a team in the Ravens that probably expect to win their division, even though that's a pretty bunched up division and maybe Cincinnati has a shot at it. Uh, but and also the Packers, obviously, have Super Bowl contender I mean, this year. So don't think the Steelers are eliminated yet. They're not. They got help. They got a shot at winning it. They're right there, especially with the Browns. Probably if the Browns lose to the Raiders this week, if the, if the Brown the Browns probably yeah, losing to the Raiders, <laughs> Ravens probably losing to the Packers. Like Steelers are going to be right there. What I mean, hell, what are they going to be? I think they'll be a half game out if the Ravens lose and they win. I don't know who Pittsburgh plays this weekend, but they'll be a half game out. They'll be right there, right in the mix, and, and they'll have that stupid tie, which will somehow get them in. Right, key to the season: tie the Lions. Uh, uh, we'll see. Zion Williamson had to have an injection in his foot. Uh, apparently it's to help stimulate bone healing. 
Okay. He's going to be reevaluated next month. I got nothing anymore. Is he going to play again? Like we've talked about Zion throughout this season because the, the first report was early on saying that, did he have surgery or whatever? And he was expected to be back for the start of the regular season. That was the very first report from the Pelicans was that Zion had surgery. We expect him back for the season opener. It is December 17th and he has had, I guess we can call this another setback because they're trying to speed up the healing process three months later from when they thought he was going to be able to play. He played 62 games last year. We've discussed about this where that might be the most he ever plays in a season, right? And now it's getting to a point where I'm like, is he going to play again? Like, period. Because a lot of injuries, right? He had injuries. Those were the big concerns coming in. And now we're sitting around being like, okay, this guy was... I mean, this is a major setback when you're expected back for the start of the season and you're not back in December. The comparison here at the Raiders is Richie Incognito who the Raiders thought they were getting back at one point for the start of the season and then ah, week three oh after the bye oh he's done for the year the difference there Richie Incognito is an old offensive line right mid 30s late 30s and Williamson is in his early 20s like this isn't like a guy trying to make you know one more season make a push at it this is a guy who's should have like he legally drink yeah should have like 15 years of an nba career ahead of him and i and it sucks he's he's one of like he's a fun player to watch because of how different he is from so many other players in the league because he's just he's a tight end he's just a bowling ball that just gets to the rim is it yeah I'm, all right hi i'm i'm going right there and you you can't really stop me he's it's it's fun to watch because it's so different and I'm disappointed because I'm sitting here thinking like we might not get to actually watch that. Kalong told me a couple days ago, I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is signing with the Lakers, a 10 day contract. Apparently he made his G league debut on Wednesday and put up 42 and the Lakers are like, yes, please. We want some of that. I can't tell what the Lakers are doing. I think they're just signing every player that was popular in like 2016. Yeah, this is this is probably a 2016 all-star team. Like Isaiah Thomas, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. And it's kind of not working. Like they're not completely awful where they're like going to miss the playoffs, but they're certainly not a title contender at the moment like we're not sitting here in december saying yep the lakers have a good shot at winning this thing and now they're bringing in isaiah thomas i guess it's probably not a huge deal they're bringing in isaiah thomas right it's not like their season hinges on what isaiah thomas does it's just funny that they're like yep that's the guy yeah i haven't watched this sport in five years that guy's good what's he doing in the g league and he put up 42 of course he's gonna be great for us but not have you watched a g league game no should i it is why have you watched the G League game? Uh, there, UNLV used to be the kings of the G League. Like, you watched one on TV? No, I watched one on a laptop. Because... You pulled it up on your laptop? Yes. Anyway. I could maybe understand if you like stumbled across it because it was like, ah, it's I didn't even know they put them on TV. Occasionally, they'll be on NBA TV, like at random afternoon You think games. I get NBA TV? How the hell did you watch it online? 
through a very legal source. You looked up an illegal way to watch a G League game? <laughs> anyway. Of all the stories about you, this might be the most concerning one. And you've got a lot was, of concerning I stories. Big, uh, I was a big Vaughn fan. I thought he was going to make it. He had really big arms. Anyway, they do not play defense. So, like, 42 points is a, like, fair, like kind of not surprising, like, yeah, we it was 172 to 184. That's a G League game. So he might not have been the leading scorer is what you're telling me. There's a, there is a chance he may not have been the leading scorer. It may have been LeBron went. You know, I played. I had a guy in Cleveland. He had a bad back, and he was really short. We should get him. I don't care about him. Next question. All right. I have zero context for this tweet, but it's from uh, Giants Wire on Twitter, who covers the New York Giants for USA Today. The Giants just announced Fan Appreciation Day for Sunday. Season ticket holders get a free medium soda. Is it a, is it a, uh, it, huh? As part of here, here's the, the email as part of fan appreciation day, Pepsi is excited to provide all giant season ticket members with a free medium sized fountain soft drink at this Sunday's game. They, they got a graphic that says fan appreciation day, free medium soft drink. <laughs> it's a medium too. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you can't go large. You don't want to go broke. Oh, that is, there's got to be, okay. But I'm, this has to, it has to be like the onion. I've, it's got to be. I've got, listen, no context. I'm reading it off Twitter, but the Giants wire, they got a check mark by their, by their name, which makes me think it's more legit. And they tweeted out a screenshot of the email they got. That's got to be the worst, like, fan appreciation gift that's ever been given out. Like, yes, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for supporting our bad team. Here's a medium diet Pepsi. <laughs> we, I mean. It's so bad. It's not as bad as like dozen egg day, because at least if they throw a medium, it doesn't like, if, if you're giving the season ticket holder something to throw at the players on the way, on their way into the locker room after a loss, at least it's, you know, a medium. It's smaller. Than... Yeah, less wasteful. Like even, even Lights FC, our USL soccer team here, they've done half of the years they've done a jersey, a free jersey has been like the season ticket holder gift. This year it was a llama bobblehead, which is significantly better than a medium soda. <laughs> well, they got all their money tied up in Mike Glennon. I can't even say it without laughing. Free soda. I and what's gonna be funny, the line is gonna be so long to get a free soda, it's not even gonna be worth getting your free soda. Oh, of course not. <laughs> no, yeah, of course not. And also, hey, hey, this soda line is for season ticket holders only. We ran out of diet. <laughs> wow, sorry. Um I got you. Thank you. Sorry. No sorry. refills. All right, I've been wanting to get to this. Uh on the show for a few days and have just have just failed to do so. The Champions League had to redraw their round of 16 matchups. So the Champions League, there's no set bracket. After each round, they do a random draw to determine who plays who. Um, but they there's there's sort of like rules in place. So in the Champions League, 
in the round of 16, you can't play a team from the same country as you. So like, for example, Chelsea can't play Liverpool because they're both from England. Obviously, later in the tournament, you can play a team yeah, from the same later country. Because if yeah. you keep winning, eventually you have to. But round of 16, you can't play a team from the same country. Also, round of 16, you can't play a team that was in the same group as you earlier in the tournament. And that's somehow what happened here. Manchester United and Villarreal were in the same group in the Champions League. They both advanced the round of 16. And somehow, when they did the draw, they drew Man United to play Villarreal in the round of 16, which is against the rules. UEFA was like, it was a computer glitch, which I don't understand how it's a computer glitch because you just tell them, hey, these two teams can't play and, and computers are smart. They figured that out. So I don't understand what happened, but one of like the biggest sporting events in the world had to had like a bit. This wasn't like the Mountain West messed something up, right? This wasn't like your local high school athletic association messed something up. One of the biggest sporting events in the world, the Champions League, managed to screw up their draw for a round of 16. And it's great. Very entertaining. I just enjoy the fact that the. That the whole process involves a little guy pulling something out and then like unraveling it. That's great. They pull like, it out of a ball, pull, hold up a piece of paper to a camera and be like, ah, Manchester United. Very fun way to do it. All right, here we go. Press box holiday hookup right now. Disney on ice tickets. We got a four pack for you. It's coming to Thomas and Mac January 6th through the 9th. You get a four pack of tickets, to Disney on ice, and you're into win a 55 inch 4k smart TV the press box holiday hookup 702-364-1100 is the phone number 702-364-1100 you will win a four pack of tickets to disney on ice and have a shot to win a 55 inch 4k smart tv we will take caller 11 at 702-364-1100 justin emerson las vegas son it's back to your right um sorry you had the breakaway after the two goals how bad did you want the hat trick honestly it didn't even go through my mind i'm, I'm not even lying uh come I, on really What's that? Come on, really? Come on, man. I was just. I was... Joining us now is Justin Emerson from the Las Vegas Sun. Uh, you don't believe Zach Whitecloud, do you? No, not at all. He gets a breakaway. He's got two goals in the game. He has a clear look at the net, and he isn't thinking, "Oh, I'm about to have a hat trick." He's a liar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it possible that he just doesn't score? enough that he just never even considered that he'd have a hat trick in a game. I think he's so dead focused on his next shift, his next play, <laughs> trying to help his team that he's not focused on his own individual uh, stats. It's about the team, not about the individual player. All right. That's right. That's right. I have uh, a very important question for you. Uh, who will be the sole survivor of the Golden Knights first team? All the players that played for the team in the first year, who is going to be the last one remaining on this roster? What a great question. We're down to like, what, six or seven of them, huh? Oh, we got what? Uh, um, the Misfit line, Will Carrier, Shea yep. Theodore. Uh, I'm probably um, missing somebody, but that's that's getting to the end of the line. Yeah, we're, we're running out of them. Um, oh, it's going to be William Carlson, though, right? Uh, he uh, He's the one with the longest contract. He's the guy who plays the center role, hardest to move, missed the free agent at the end of the year. Marcia stays in three years. Theodore's in three years. Uh, Theodore's got a shot, I guess, because he's younger than Carlson. But 
I'm going to go with uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll take Carlson. He'll, he'll get the jury votes there to help push him over the top as the sole survivor. <laughs> he, won't, uh, he won't get voted out when they have a chance to trade for Jack Hughes? Well, I guess – who knows, man. Um, <laughs> I, I would say that he's probably the least likely to get traded because I'm thinking it's, it's him or Theodore because they're, they're younger. They play prime positions. They're signed long-term at affordable rates. Um, so it'll be Carlson or, or Theodore, and maybe the, the, the presence of Alex Petrangelo will maybe be able to talk him into going, eh, you know, maybe Theodore. Uh, but I, 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 I'll go with Carlson, but, uh, but it'll be a battle to the end for sure. Are you glad you're uh, not covering the Winnipeg Jets this morning? Yeah. Whoa, whoa. I woke up to that, and people are like, yeah, Paul Maurice on his decision to step down. I'm like, what I missed? <laughs> so I went to, I had to go, I had to go back and check that out. That was, that was some, it would almost be like if you woke up at like seven in the morning and you found out that the team that you cover had fired their coach while on a road trip out East and had hired the guy that they had just beaten in the playoffs the last year would have been bizarre. That's ridiculous. That would never happen. <laughs> can't, can't imagine a scenario or you happen to be awake with your kid at like four thirty in the morning and you see that the team that you cover is just traded for a $10 million center. Who's on IR until <laughs> early next year. Again, cannot happen. I do not know what it would be like to uh, cover news at weird hours in the morning. All right. I, I know they're on the road right now, but uh, I'm reading a, a tweet here that Paul Maurice was asked if he's talked to any of his friends or past mentors about stepping down. Um, and he said he sent a text to Pete DeBoer this morning that said, I win. Should we be worried Pete DeBoer is going to quit now, too? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're joking or not. I didn't see that. I don't, I, uh, I don't know. But who knows? I mean, again, anything can happen. If Paul Maurice is quitting, then anybody can, I suppose. Uh, oh, also, very fun on Twitter. This uh, question from Reagan Mask. Can you ask when VGK injuries have been mentioned this year? No one ever brings up. Jake Bischoff, who has been on long-term IR all season, and perhaps the immediate impact he will make when healthy. This isn't even me bringing up Jake Bischoff. This is somebody else. This is great. You know, when I heard Granny wasn't going to be here today, I'm like, man, this is going to be four terrible hours of radio, and I'm glad <laughs> to know that I was right. <laughs> hey, listen, he would, be, he would have played in like 20 games this season if he had been healthy. I don't think so. What? They're playing like Ben Hutton. Yeah. Um, well, I I don't know. I'm not sure where Jake Bischoff sits in the plans other than helping them maximize their LCIR <laughs> right now, uh, considering that he's played four games with the team in four years. So, uh, anyway. I don't appreciate I think, uh, this pessimism. He was good in all those games. He was. very. They got a shutout in the first game he ever played. Superstar. That's right. Should have should have hung up the skates at that point. It'd be like soccer. You can get credit a clean sheet to everybody that played. Yes, that's no. I only give it to Jake Bischoff. That's who gets the credit, not anybody else. Just him. Um, are yeah, you disappointed? We're going to keep talking over each other. It's going to be fun. Are you disappointed? Speaking of bad radio, did the are you disappointed the refs did not let Robin Leonard actually fight someone last night? Man, wouldn't that have been the coolest thing? Like so. For the most part, I'm anti-fighting in hockey, and you can call me whatever you want about that. I know people have their strong opinions. I don't like fighting as part of the game. Um, I like focusing on the skill and the speed and the amazing talents these athletes have. That said, 
I want to see Robin Leonard punch somebody on the ice. I'm sorry. That would be awesome. <laughs> I want, so, yeah, I am anti-fighting in hockey unless it is goalies fighting, in which case I am very pro-fighting in hockey. I, I think Robin Leonard might kill somebody. Yeah, he's, he's nice. He's a panda. They, they just maim. They don't kill. Um, so how, enormous. how do we get January 8th, Blackhawks back in T-Mobile Arena with Marc-Andre Fleury? How do we get a goalie fight that night? Fleury said before he wants to get in a fight. How how does that happen? How do we make that happen? I don't know. Every golden night that skates by the Blackhawks crease just reminds Fleury. They're like, hey, Bill Foley said you were going to retire here. And then <laughs> every time. And after, after a while, he just snaps. I don't know. That'd be If we could get a letter versus Fleury Right. I mean, we joke about things breaking the internet or whatever. That would that would do it. That there would that would be the peak of Las Vegas sports. Just shut it down after that. <laughs> that gets better. Um, okay. More likely, Leonard and Flurry fight on the ice, or Alan Walsh finds George McPhee and fights him in the suite. Ooh, that's a good one. I think because Pacioretty's still on the team, not yet. But if Pacioretty were to get traded, <laughs> all bets are off. <laughs> Would Pacioretty be traded instantly after Alan Walsh found George McPhee to fight him? Well, not, well, his point streak just ended, so maybe. If you're riding <laughs> nine-game point streak or whatever, you can't trade that guy. But now that he hasn't scored, he hasn't scored in his last one game, so now it's, now it's maybe maybe you do. All right, uh, help me out with this one. Who got screwed the most in season 41 of Survivor? Like the entire season or the yeah. ending? I mean, any anybody that you think got screwed, who got screwed the most? That's tough because uh, I think Shan played a great game uh, and just got blindsided by Ricard, what was that, week eight or nine or whatever. I wouldn't say it's screwed, though, because that's kind of part of the game. Xander not getting any votes at final tribal council was stunning to me. Uh, so I guess I'll maybe go with that. Uh, he probably should have won. I was sitting which, so my wife and I have started going back and watching old seasons of Survivor. We've watched about 10 of them. And when it gets to final, final tribal council, we like to try to guess who's going to win, but also what the vote margin is going to be. And I'll tell you, I'm about 0 for 10 when it comes to even predicting the winner. So when I'm like, oh, man, Xander's about to win, that should have been great news for Erica or Deshaun. <laughs> You're 0 for 10? Really? Well, 1 for 1 and 9, let's say. I think I got one of them. Is it really that difficult? I, listen, I've only watched it's two episodes. Than, it's harder than you'd think. Seasons. It's harder than you'd think. Yeah, because you're like, oh, man, this person played a great game, and then it turns out that everybody on the jury hates them. And then the next <laughs> season, you're like, oh, man, this guy was a schmuck. I think everybody hates them. And then they're like, oh, well, we respected their game. And Okay, well, I don't know. Can you explain why Heather's fire was blown backwards while Deshaun's was not? Is that your conspiracy? That's yeah, my Heather conspiracy. Her. Listen, her fire was great. It was burning the rope, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, it got windy or something, and her fire was still high enough, but no longer straight up and down, and all of a sudden, Deshaun's fire was perfect. You're not saying anything. You're just asking the questions. Just huh? asking uh, the questions. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That was that was something. I will say that it was nice. I know that you were actually probably, I mean, you were cheering for Heather, but we sat there when Deshaun's thing broke. We're like, hey, we've got a final three that all of them could actually win. We don't have to pretend like Heather might get votes. So hey, 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 hey. Heather would have won that if she had won fire making. Guaranteed. You were you were one fire challenge away from winning a couple of bucks in your pool. And you'll never let anybody forget it. I was. We'll invite you into the pool next time. I think the next season's in March. Yeah. You ready for it? 
I am. I like how they've stopped. I like how they've stopped like naming the seasons after where they are, the gimmick, and they're just going the UFC system and just <laughs> just number and number. Like right after Survivor Forty One is Survivor Forty Two. Okay, cool. Thanks. All right, he's Justin Emerson. Thanks, Justin. That we're was not, fun. We're not going to ask him about or tell him about you trying a Starbucks drink. Oh, what do you want to tell him about it? Well, I, I thought he's our Starbucks expert. You know what? I've had two Starbucks drinks this month. I had the. Which I don't one know, did you get? Um, I don't remember the first one because our uh, receptionist Kira got it for me, and she just said there's no coffee in it, and it tasted <laughs> like a milkshake. Um, but I had the other day. Uh, Apple something macchiato. Oh, yeah, the caramel apple macchiato. That one's really good. Um, I didn't know they still had that. I thought it was a fall-only thing. Maybe I'll go get one of those today. But I, uh, they have a, a, a frosted sugar cookie latte this year that is fantastic. And today, I don't, it's not Starbucks, but I'm about to go make uh, some gingerbread-flavored coffee that my wife picked up from uh, Trader Joe's. So. Yeah, do, they actually taste right like the, do they actually taste like the cookies? Like okay. you can, in the kind of way that like Lacroix tastes like whatever fruit it's supposed to be after. <laughs> it's just like kind of a, an essence of gingerbread, I suppose. Is All right, coffee is. He's Justin Emerson. Thanks for wasting ten minutes with us today, Justin. Yeah, you got it. Glad I can uh, waste time until it's Ken's turn to talk about hockey. So, oh, he's not talking about hockey. Ken is not getting one hockey question. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Justin. All right. Coming up next, Ken Bulky of SendBen.Vegas. Brandstrom shoots. He scores. Eric Brandstrom, another power play goal for Vegas. 7-2 Golden Knights. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now is Ken Bulky from SendBen.Vegas. Ken, uh, Jared has an important question for you. How many brand wagon shirts do you have in your garage right now? Zero. Oh, you sold them all. That's a strong term. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Ken is not here to talk hockey. Jared, you're going to absolutely hate this. Okay. Ken Bulky is here because Ken Bulky is the person that I own horses and chickens with. Yes. <laughs> Jared's walking out of the studio. Um, so, Ken, how come horse to be named later sucked in the A-shaped stakes? Oh, that was brutal. And and I think the frustrating thing is, what is an A-shaped race tournament that then the championship or whatever that was, playoffs, we now need to come in first. Our horse came in seventh. The horse was perfect for A-shaped stakes. I know. I don't understand that. I'm still I'm a little upset about that, although I would have been pretty happy if we had won. Well, yeah, we would have, you know, made some money off of it. It would have been great. Yeah. So our fake horses, I've explained this, but for people that haven't heard it, uh, our fake horses that uh, race, we had one that's not very good, but fortunately there was a tournament that rewarded horses that came in sixth and seventh. We've got one that does that quite a bit. And once they're into the tournament, you have to finish in the top three to advance. Well, our horse finished seventh in the tournament, despite that being how you qualify. Uh, should have been a good thing, but we got eliminated in the first race, which was absolutely brutal. More importantly, when are we racing chickens again? It's been like a week. Uh, there was uh, today's development blog was not exactly a uh, positive in regards <sighs> to racing chickens soon. They seem to be continuing to migrate their servers onto the new chicken website and they're 
taking it slowly through Christmas and into the new year. So I don't think we're going to be racing until 2022. Oh, this is brutal. Wait, wait. I know. All right. What are, what are we doing with, uh, what, 407? He kind of sucks. Yeah, we're hoping that uh, whatever talent he has, I'm not even sure. I think it's a she, actually. I'm not sure which talent she even has, but I'm I'm still holding out hope that Sarama's not having a strong start to beta chicken racing will lead to that, meaning that Sarama will do better with their talents. Either their talents will be stronger or they will happen more often, or they'll be less likely to be affected by other chicken talents. Who has been the hardest person to explain to about fake horses and fake chickens? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe Jared? <laughs> no, no. Jared understands all of it. Jared, he, like, when I explained the whole idea of having a U-shaped horse and why that's good, Jared immediately picked up, understood why that was good. Ed, I've explained it to him 16 times, and he still doesn't know what's happening on U-shaped horse. Jared understands all of it. He just hates that I talk about it on the radio every day. It's a fantastic game. I mean, it's, 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 it's as good as you can get, and we own the thing, which right. is so different than any other sport we talked about right which it's phenomenal by the way um uh doug douglas uh who works here in the building he came storming in here earlier this week and was demanding that we talk about him and his ownership of like 0.001 percent of a real horse that races and i told him to get out of here because that's ridiculous well that is something we actually have looked into uh our, our stable that that we are both part of uh, and when, yeah, we realize that, yeah, it's just, you're paying for all sorts of fees. I think that's the benefit of the NFT horses and chickens is there's no sort of fee that we have to pay other than paying for the races and buying the actual NFT itself. But this is, you're buying ownership of paying for where they live and what they eat and cleaning them and all that good stuff. And then when they win, you get a portion of that. Yeah. Or horses don't poop. It's great. Exactly. Um, all right. On the idea of who this would be the hardest to explain to, I would like to watch you explain this to Gerard Gallant. Ooh, that would be fun. How long do you think it would take him to comprehend, or would he just walk out on you? Let's see. Am I explaining? I'm explaining NFT ch- chicken racing or, or horse racing or either, both? Yeah, either. I mean, either one or both. I, I mean, once you get one, I think you kind of get both of them. But yeah, just either one. I guess it would have to depend. Is this, am I explaining this to him after a win or a loss? <laughs> it's very different. You get a very different Gerard Gallant after a win and after a loss. I, I mean, I, you get about 15 seconds of him if it's after a loss. So I don't think you're accomplishing right. the goal in 15 seconds. Right. And then depending on how bad the loss, it takes a day or two to reset. And then usually he watched the game back and the second time sometimes would make him more angry and he had to be even more careful uh, <laughs> in the next day after. So hopefully it would be after a win and then the game that he watched back was good. Then I think I might get a few minutes and I think I might be able to explain to him how we own something that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> They're real to me. All right. Important question here. Who is going to be the sole survivor of the first season of the Golden Knights. Uh, I mean, it, it should be Shea Theodore. He's the youngest of all of them. He's very good. Obviously, he's not having quite the same season that he's had before. But 
he's starting to look like he's a little bit becoming replaceable. You then make the argument for Carlton, but the contract is high. Smith, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Theodore. Okay. Shay Theodore. No, no dark horse like Will Carrier that just keeps signing one or two year deals until he's 38. No, I think eventually they'll move on just like they did with like a Tomas Noshik and Belmar and those types of guys. I think eventually he got pushed out by somebody younger. Could it be George McPhee? Oh, definitely. I think that 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 may actually be the favorite. <laughs> I didn't know I could pick I could pick I, off ice people. I, okay, who would be the who's the Jeff Probst? Who's the host? Is it McPhee or is it Foley? Um, probably McPhee. I mean, Fo- Foley Foley would be the Mark Burnett of Survivor, the guy who created it. Okay, and does still he, around he, too? Does, I think. Yeah, isn't the one on camera hosting and right. you know making things happen like George McPhee? Right. Okay, so you're going Shea Theodore. Justin Emerson said William Carlson. Yeah, that's a that's a good argument. I just have a feeling that he could be the one that goes in about three months. <laughs> I mean, it, it, like it would actually make sense for them to make that move because of how much they can get back, how much is on the cap, and it kind of is the one move you would have to make. And if you're switching out Eichel for Carlson, I feel like you're not changing your team as much as what it would feel like. So that a little bit defeat the purpose to bring in Eichel if you're not changing your team as much? You were in the Western Conference Final each of the last two years. You seem like you're once again headed towards that as the division's crumbling in front of our faces again. I No, I don't think so. Like Tampa's not as good as they were before. You showed you could beat Colorado. Like You probably win the Cup if Jack Eichel's a little bit better than William Carlson. How much? All right, I've kind of forgotten about this because it hasn't been relevant. How much money are they going to have to clear to bring Eichel back? Mm, it's ten million if they want to have a full roster, but they're not going to want to have a full roster. They're going to go down to playing like twenty-three. So depends on how they go about it, but it should be around seven or eight. How many chickens could we buy with seven or eight million? We could probably buy most of them. Yeah, we should work on that. How many? How much? How much did? Uh... Cuppy by, I think he was up in the over a million. Yeah, I mean he bought like it was seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in like twenty four hours, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would imagine. So, so, I mean, we'd probably have chicken like one through ninety. That'd be pretty good to have the ninety best. Yeah, that chickens. would be good. That'd be fun. All right, he's Ken Bulky, co-owner of Chickens and Horses with me, Jared. Now you know who who runs the chickens and horses with me. Are you excited? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Thanks for the Brandstrom drop. <laughs> it's about all I got for him. All right. That's Ken Volke, Vegas. Thanks, Ken. See ya. All right. See, Jared? How exciting is that? Um, Do you I, want to tell I, everybody I, what you did during that interview? I leveled up my Flareon. Yeah, he went and played Pokemon. Which I don't blame you for, but it was a good interview. Okay. Can you imagine explaining fake horses and chickens to Gerard Gallant? That was probably the most interesting part of the entire interview. Do you know how fun that would be to watch? I mean... Just put on TV, just intermission report, put on TV, Ken Bulky explaining to Gerard Gallant about fake horses and fake chickens. Yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely... What was it, the nightlife or whatever on uh, AT&T Sportsnet? That could have just been a whole segment is somebody explains to Gerard Gallant, (laughs) new thing kids do. (laughs) All right.
We've explain TikTok. Oh, to that's a good Gerard one. Gallant. We've got Porta Subs football tailgate tray. You will get a six foot sub from Porta Subs and be qualified to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number seven at 702-364-1100. You'll get a six-foot sub from Porta Subs and be qualified to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. 702-364-1100. I had a, a great experience. Coach Meyer brought me in here. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for him and, you know, and what he did for me and my family. I really want to, as I said to the team, you know, we're, we're not looking back. Today's a new day. We're moving forward. All eyes and everything that we're doing, I want it to be on Houston. I saw him yesterday in the, in, uh, yeah, yesterday in the building, and uh, that was the last time I, I spoke to him. But things happen, happen fast, and I do plan on eventually, you know, reaching out, speaking to him. And whatever happened here, I mean, it's... All been kind of crazy. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Jared, that wasn't even the best Jag sound yesterday. Did you see where the reporter asked Daryl Bevel, the new interim head coach of the Jags? He said, uh, there's a good chance you finish with more wins as an interim than Urban Meyer had as the head coach of the Jags. No, that's a good question. Hold and Daryl Bevel just di- didn't answer basically, but he, he smirked at it. Like if you hear, you're not going to hear it, but his facial reaction was, that's a funny question. I appreciate that. So that I just was... want to keep everything on Houston nope. and maybe nope. at the end, you know, okay. when the time to reflect, <laughs> I think that that's, I had one labeled. I have one sound piece labeled. Won't answer question. Yeah. No. Um, by the way, congratulations to Michael. He won, uh, the Porta subs football tailgate tray. Next hour, we are going to have tickets to the Golden Knights and Stars to give away. So stay tuned for that. Now, some baseball news. Buster Olney reported yesterday that Carlos Correa turned down a 10-year deal worth $275 million from the Tigers. So obviously, we are in a work stoppage and... You can't actually sign anybody during a work stoppage. So this was offered before, uh, but 10 years and $275 million. Carlos Correa viewed as the top free agent in the, uh, this offseason in major league baseball. However, we saw Corey Seager uh, play his position sort of viewed right there with Carlos Correa as the second in line. Some people like Seager better than Correa. He signed a 10-year deal for $325 million. So the Tigers offered Carlos Correa 10 years and $50 million less, which obviously works out to $5 million less per year. And this is what's interesting about Carlos Correa. He should probably get at least the same contract as Corey Seager. But I don't know who's paying it. And what's fascinating about the Tigers, they ended up signing Javi Baez, but what's fascinating about the Tigers They offered 10 years, $275 million. I have to imagine if Carlos Correa said, no, I want 10 years, $300 million, that you would do that if you're the Tigers, right? If you're willing to do 10, 275, you're probably willing to do 10, 300, right? Yeah. So my question is, how much did Carlos Correa, he said no to 10, 275. How much did he ask for? Like, did he say, no, it's got to be 10, 375? 
Because then if you're the Tigers, it makes sense. You wouldn't go from 275 to 375, right? You probably wouldn't go to 350. 325 is maybe the question of, okay, yeah, we'll do 325. Or no, that's that's right at the edge of what we'd want. So I'm fascinated to see, like, because, again, 10 years, 275. If Carlos Correa comes back and says, no, it's 10-300 and I'm in, I assume Carlos Correa is a Tiger, right? But obviously the Tigers offer 275, and I... I'm taking from that that Carlos Correa wanted a lot more than 275 to a point where the Tigers said, no, no, we can't go that high because here's the, here's the thing with Carlos Correa, like the Astros, for example, they've come out. They don't have a problem with paying him like 32, $35 million a year. The Astros have basically come out and said that they're not going to give him a 10 year contract, right? Like they, they offered him a six year deal where it was like what, 33 million a year or something like that. But they don't want to do the 10 years. Correa, you know, he wants the 10 years and he wants the maybe 32, 35, maybe $38 million a year, whatever that number ends up being. But the Tigers were willing to go to 10 years, but apparently not willing to meet the per year dollar amount that he wants. And they end up signing Javi Baez. So if you start looking at who is willing to offer Carlos Correa, not only 10 years, but also the 35 million a year, right? Obviously, you've got the big spenders in baseball, right? The Yankees are always a team that could do that, though they didn't jump into the free agent mix before the lockout. Maybe they come back after the lockout, and they're like, all right, we're ready to spend. They're a possibility. The Dodgers are a big spender, but I, it doesn't seem to make much sense. They have Trey Turner, and they seem to hate Carlos Correa. Uh, they seem less open to it than the Yankees, who also hate Carlos Correa. After that, it sort of becomes random teams that aren't necessarily true contenders that might sign him, right? Like the Seattle Mariners, would they go out and spend 10, 350 on Correa, right? Maybe like a team like the Blue Jays, who's sort of on the cusp, would they spend 10, 350? I mean, they lost Marcus Simeon. Correa's younger. They might do that. They'd have to move around their infield a little bit to do so. But it it becomes curious when you have sort of the best free agent on the market. And there's kind of a question mark as to where he's going to go, which teams would actually give him the contract that he wants. And Buster only reported there's a chance the Astros end up with him on a short deal for like 35 million plus a year.